Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. And Lobatone setting up inside. The barrel of the bat flew all the way to the screen, and look at this! See you later on a broken bat! Fire Davey Martinez. It's because they brought camels to spring training. Trade Bryce Harper away. This is just like 2013 and 2015. They're not that good. Blow it up. Season's over. I'm so sure. You're a joy, Nats Twitter. Hope you guys stuck around for last night's 8-6 to win comeback victory over the Mets at City Field. Welcome back to the Mass and All Access podcast. I am Bobby Blanco, hosting from our Mass and Web studio, and Paul Mancano is joining me over the powers that be over Skype from City Field in Queens, covering the series for Mass and All Access. Paul, how's the Big Apple treating you? It's uh, great so far. It's rainy and cold. Also, just the fact that you started the show by putting Nat's Twitter on blast. These are our listeners, Bobby. These are the people who pay our paychecks. Paul, Paul. Give them a break here. Paul, I know. I'm, I don't know how much you were actually following Twitter last night because you were at the game, obviously, in the press box. I was, box, yeah. Um, and, and watching the game from there. So I don't know how much you were paying attention to Twitter. But, I mean, yes, they, the Nationals were down 6-1 to one early. Um, through the first seven innings to to the Mets, but you would have thought the season was over. You sh- you would have thought we should just cancel the rest of the 2018 season because of the way people were reacting uh, to to that game. Yes, it wasn't again like it wasn't a great start, but people were literally blowing up about how much this <laughs> this this team is not playing well, and they were just giving up and th- and they were giving up. And you know what? I'm glad the Nationals didn't give up because <laughs> hello, they just came back and won that game eight to six. Down six to one. Yes, it's DC Sports in the in the springtime. The Capitals are currently down two nothing in their playoff series. The Wizards are currently yep. down one nothing in their playoff series. There is no hope. There is no joy. I'm so sure. But please, I mean, take a break. Like, can we just we we heard Bob Carpenter's call before we came on air of, of the broken bat home run. Um, I think yeah. FP Santangelo went on to say, you know, we should we we should have known we were in for a crazy night with the way that the game started with a broken bat home run, which is just absurd to begin with by Bryce Harper. Oh, wild. Um, wild. But the Twitter was just, I mean, it's Twitter, but it was just almost unbearable last night. And then that, when, once the game, once the Nationals came back to tie the game and then eventually take the lead, I was just like, I'm, uh, you know what? If you were negative all the for those first seven innings, you don't get to enjoy this win because because you, you gave up on the team. And I, I, don't, I don't support people who give up. Wow. I'm going wow. in hot. I'm going in hot. Yeah, we're we're about three minutes in, and the, the, my computer's combusting right now. It's on fire from the flame of that take. That was that was something. Look, I understand people's frustration. I will say, I'm going to give them a little bit more of a pass, mostly because there are listeners, and you know, a lot of them are they're pretty good people. Uh, I understand people. the frustration. Uh, I, I I understand the stand the frustration. This team has underperformed after a certain there's only so much you can do at the beginning of the season uh you can only look so bad for so long before it eventually becomes who you are it eventually stops being a fluke 
and it eventually becomes this is the team that we have on our hands. You know, it, you you just can't you know uh, expect that you're going to somehow take over the division uh, in mid July when you have teams that are in this division that are have pretty good rosters, and we've seen the Mets have a pretty darn good one when they're fully healthy. So I do understand people being upset. This team has underplayed, and I think the frustration also comes from the fact that they haven't looked terrible. They've just shot themselves in the foot in various ways. They found every way to trip over themselves the past few games, except for last night. And last night was a wondrous, magical night filled with uh, weird moments like the broken bat and infinite ERAs from Seth Lugo and AJ Ramos and you know it's uh it's it's baseball it's you gotta love it and the the Nationals were on the right side of this and hopefully it's a momentum builder at, at this point uh Davey Martinez told uh Masson Kerr Byron Kerr from MassonSports.com I guess last night post game if you're not a fan of that you need another profession I mean ain't baseball yeah. just just great um yeah yeah you bring I up was a, there when he said it yeah Amazing. yeah Amazing. you're you bring up a good point where um you can't just expect the Nationals to come back and and win the division after this rough start. I'm, I had a friend of mine that brought up a good point to me. He was like, you know, you can't you can't win the division in April, but you can play yourself out of the division in April. You know, if you get off yes. to a bad start, it's so much hard. It's so much harder playing catch up than it is just being yeah. the team up front with the gas on the pedal for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a great point that you brought up. I mean, can you imagine if, if they get if they were to get swept in this series, they would be nine games out. And Mark Zuckerman said it uh, in one of his articles. It's like, yes, it's it is still April, but you never want to be nine games out of the division at any point, at any point in the season. And that would be just it's not insurmountable by any stretch. I'm not saying that, but it's just not a good way to start when you're digging yourself a huge hole. And I think what people are were concerned about Nats fans is it felt like a flashback to a few years ago to 2015 was it uh, when it felt like the team really should have made the playoffs it felt like a, a, you know coming into the season a team that um, you know was going to run away with the division and then the Mets just caught fire the Nats took too long to to get out of it in mid July and everything went downhill from there yeah so think, you, ahead, sorry. you can't yeah you can't give these teams like the Mets opportunities and there are going to be other teams in the division like the Braves or the Phillies who are going to take advantage of those so you got to get these wins when you can right and I think it was 2015 the Nationals were still um, at least tied for first place late in the season with the Mets and then everything kind of went to a debacle injuries uh, Jonathan Papelbon choking out the eventual MVP um, all that stuff is just bad news. But uh, this win is so big in terms of just looking at like the numbers and the standings. I mean, instead of three games under 500, the Nationals are now just one game under 500. Instead of seven yeah. games back of the Mets and the NL East, they're now just five back with two more to go at City Field. And um, I, I like the way Davey Martinez put it. Um, this, he called this win uh, super big. Let's let's give a listen to Davey Martinez right now. Oh, that was that was big, um, super big. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I said the boys are fired up. And, uh, hey, testament to them. They don't quit. You know, they're going to keep battling. And you saw that today. Each and every one of those guys play with unbelievable heart today. So that was Davey Martinez post game last night. Paul, you were there. I mean, I, I don't think I could put it any better myself. I mean, it's not just big. It's super big. That Not just, yeah. not just getting that win at City Field against the Mets, but, but the way they came about it, clawing back. I mean, this is kind of the mm-hmm. first time this season we've seen the Nationals kind of really claw and fight their way to a victory. 
I said it last night when Sarah Perlman and I went uh, Instagram live uh, in front of a good uh, 60 viewers last night because uh, everybody, you know, it was 12 at that point and we were still at City Field freezing our butts off. This is the first signature win of Davey Martinez's tenure uh, as the Nationals manager. I mean, yes, the first four games of the season were terrific and they went exactly according to plan. But you need a win like this that is going to inspire your team. It's going to be one that you look back on and, and say, this is what the team, uh, you know, what it, it really meant to the team. This is how it uh, how we started to realize we were better than we were playing and we started to get things together. It's the first signature win, I think, of his tenure. Hopefully there are many more. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a win that it means a lot in the standings, but it means a whole lot more in the clubhouse and the locker room. Um, speaking of the clubhouse and the locker room, Bryce Harper had some choice words about his manager. We've heard, we've heard um, the Nationals and Harper specifically come out in defense of Davey Martinez this early in this season. Let's hear what Bryce had to say post-game in the Nationals locker room after this win. I mean, I just think, you know, we're a team against, you know, that's going to battle to the end, um, no matter what, you know, if it's, you know, six to one or, you know, if it's, if we're up six to one, um, you know, it's just how we are, you know, we're going to battle every single day and, you know, we got a great manager inside that, uh, that office that, you know, believes in us and you know, pulls on that same rope, rope with us every single day. And, uh, you know, we're excited to uh, get going tomorrow. All right, you hear from the man himself right there, the guy who hit a home run with a broken <laughs> bat. I mean, they love this guy. They, they, you know, they love pulling on that rope with him. Davey Martinez goes out to battle for them every day, so they want to battle for him. Um, yeah. And you talk about a signature win for Martinez. It's kind of a signature win for this franchise. Paul, never have the Nationals since 20, 2005, since they came to D.C., never have they trailed by five or more runs after seven innings and came back to win before last night. So it was just a, a monstrous cool. win. A very, very big win for this club moving forward. And, you know, this is kind of a win. I, I think back to last year, um, Paul, if you, I don't know if you recall when it was mm-hmm. actually kind of funny. It was Matt Wieters who walked off the his former club, the Orioles, at Nationals Park. And that was kind of a turning point for both clubs, which is kind of funny um, just because of the yeah. local teams and Wieters against his former club. But the Nationals kind of from there, they, they weren't necessarily struggling. But uh, I think from that point on, they just went on a tear I think that was early June that happened, um, mm-hmm. and they went on a tear. And then the Orioles completely fell off. They were in first place in the AL East, and they fell off the wagon and fell back. So I'm kind of looking at this this game ball on Monday night as being maybe possibly a turning point for the Nationals moving forward. Hopefully. I mean, it, it hopefully it gets them in, trending in the right direction. It starts, you know, tonight with a, a win uh, against the Mets, you know, in this two-game series. But, you know, it, I agree. I think it's one of those uh, – I saw a stat that, uh, you know, even last year's team, which people talked about didn't have a whole lot of signature crazy wins, they overca- overcame a four-run deficit three separate times last season. Mm. Uh, you know, you, in order to win a division, you're going to have to get some of these wins that are scrape and claw your way out, and they did. And I think uh, you mentioned Bryce Harper. First off, that broken bad home run – are you kidding me? Just Are you kidding me, Bobby? Incredible. Um, I've never seen it. Trey Turner said uh, after the game that he heard rumors that uh, the the bat might have been a little bit splintered right before, uh, and that it just that's that's what the straw that broke uh, the camel's back. But so look, to speak. so to speak, it, it's that's camels at spring training are why the Nationals are playing bad. Everyone, everyone, remember that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's fit in as many metaphors as we possibly can. It Look, the, the bat completely snapped in half. He hit it almost off the handle of the bat. It's not like it just kind of splintered and fell apart. 
This ripped apart, and the bat flew in a different direction, and it carried out of the stadium. The dude is so strong, he's got, what, nine homers at this point. The next national on the team has two or three. I believe Howie Kendrick has three at this point. Uh, uh, Bryce Harper leads the leads the majors with eight home runs. That was his eighth. Eight home runs. I apologize. Eight home runs. But if he if the guy continues his pace and goes on to win MVP, this is going to be the first moment of the season we look back on when we look at his MVP highlights. I think breaking a bat on a home run at City Field. Yeah, uh, obviously a huge huge swing. And Paul, let's kind of go now since we've kind of gotten over the uh, the shock and awe and what this win means. Let's kind of look back and how, how they were able to pull it off. I, I, yeah. to, to me, there's there's three parts that really stick out to me and, and mm-hmm. that came together for this win. First of all, you got to look at the starter, Jeremy Hellickson. If, if I would have told you that going into this game that the Nationals would have Jeremy Hellickson, who they signed late in spring training, making his Nationals debut this uh, late in the season after only a couple of spring training starts, going against Jacob deGrom at City Field, and the Nationals were going to come away with a win, would you have believed me? I might have only because uh, the the Mets offense has you know has, I thought was going to struggle more. But look, I, yeah, no, I agree. It is severely, severely, uh, I would say, surprising. He 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 pitched well, and it's no slight on Jacob Degrom that he lost that game last night. Definitely not his fault. The bullpen absolutely imploded, and. DeGrom was just cruising through. I mean, he was he got into the eighth inning further than any Mets starter uh, to that point. He was throwing a four-hitter. The only blemish on his resume at that point was the Bryce Harper homer. He was absolutely terrific. This Mets rotation is still outstanding. But you got to give credit to Jeremy Hellickson. He's coming right down 95. He's right back up in 95 doing his thing. He, he looked great. Went into the fifth inning. Not very deep, but he gave up just two runs. Struggled at times, but... Tough situation, thrown into the fire. He looked pretty good. Well, we heard from uh, Dave Martinez postgame on, on Matt, the Nats Extra postgame show, and he was asked, you know, what was the deal with Jeremy Hellickson? And he basically said, you know, he, he was on a pitch count. They were trying to keep him around 85. Hellickson mm-hmm. ended up throwing 88, went uh, four and two-thirds, in, in, like you said, into the fifth inning, but only gave up two runs on seven hits. So he, he battled, and he, yeah. he did, like, like I said, Last week when we were talking with Byron Kerr on this podcast, um, like AJ Cole, you know, he just kind of needs kind of the same idea. You just need to give your chance, your team a chance to win. Keep them in the game. Yeah. Keep them within striking distance. When Hellickson went out, they were only down two to one at that point, so they were still well within striking distance. Now, obviously, uh, Matt Grace and AJ Cole kind of struggled when they came yeah. in relief, <laughs> but um, but yeah, he, he kept them in the game, and this is kind of the this is kind of going to be the formula for him probably not the whole season, you would hope that once his arm kind of warms up and loosens up, mm-hmm. he can go deeper into into ball games. But until that happens, this is this can be the form of five, six innings maybe, and then hand it over to the bullpen, hope your offense can can beat, outbeat their offense in terms of a bullpen matchup. And um, that's what happened last night. I mean, the, uh, yes, I you can argue, I think it's fair to say that the, the Mets bullpen imploded. But, yeah. I mean, this brings me to my next point of, of the next part of, of this win the Nationals batters made them work, and I think that's was, yep. that was the difference right there. Yeah, absolutely. They went deep in accounts. I mean, uh, we have the the Davey Martinez audio queued up. That's what he said after the game. They actually looked, you know, a little bit more patient. They weren't swinging at bad pitches. They let the pitches come to them. There are still some issues, but they drew a lot of important walks 
uh, in that eighth inning where they just exploded for, uh, how many did they score? Five runs in that eighth inning? Six runs in the eighth inning. Six runs in the eighth inning. And how many of those, three or four, came with two outs? Uh, that shows plate discipline. It shows the ability to fight off pitches. Uh, and, you know, the Mets ran through five different pitchers in that eighth inning. Um, you know, Familia, Ramos, Blevins, Lugo. They, you know, those guys are going to have infinity ERAs because the Nats took walks. They they waited on pitches and they looked good at the plate. Besides, with unfortunately, you know, the exception of uh, Ryan Matz and Trey Turner, who are still very much struggling. But yeah, uh, Davey Martinez actually. Uh, uh, let's let's cue up that sound, Bobby. Yeah, let's listen to Davey Martinez talking about the Nationals at bats in the eighth inning and uh, their win. Well, it's the, it's the quality at bats that they had, you know, and no, nobody was trying to do too much. They were all trying to stay in the middle of the field like we talk about, and uh, they put good at-bats together. So there's Davey talking about how the Nationals weren't trying to do too much, and this is kind of something that I think uh, FP pointed out on, on the Masson broadcast last night, FP Santangelo. Uh, you know, this is what you were kind of maybe what was the plan for attacking Jacob deGrom. And, you know, you kind of wanted mm-hmm. him to worry. The reason deGrom was able to go into the eighth inning is because his pitch count was so low and he was right. blowing guys away. The Nationals weren't really making him work and working at bats. And then once they got to this eighth inning, which obviously proved to be the game changer, they were able to do that, fouling off pitches, working full counts, drawing walks. They drew two walks with the bases loaded to score runs. I mean, this is what – the Nationals were kind of hoping that they would be able to do. And, you know, with Murphy out and Adam Eaton still out, uh, hopefully and come back Friday, you know, this is what they really need to do. It's not – you can't get up there and just hack. You may, you need to get up there and put together good at-bats. Yeah. The, um, in terms of their offensive – and it, it, it really showed. I mean, they scored eight runs last night, won eight to six. Uh, they hadn't scored eight runs since April 2nd, back when they played uh, the Braves and won eight to one. And that was the fourth and final game of that uh, four-game win streak to start the season. So their offense, when, they, they're, they, when they're just patient, they're taking pitches, they're not feeling the pressure of anything, uh, they can do some damage. We've seen that numerous times over the past, past few years. They sent 12 guys to the plate in that eighth inning. Um, and between the eighth and ninth inning, they've, they uh, scored seven unanswered runs. Obviously, again, coming down from 6-1 to win 7-6. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, 8-6, to six, excuse me. Um, and then my final point, my final part mm-hmm. of this of this victory, my final part of the, of the formula is not the, the Mets bullpen breaking down, but the Nationals bullpen holding it together yeah. in those eight. I mean, like, like I mentioned earlier, you know, A.J. Cole Macarese kind of struggled, but Brandon Kinsler – and Ryan Matson come in and shut the door. Uh, let's not also forget that Matson got a little help. Was that uh, in that uh, ninth inning? Um, well, the who is Drew Cabrera trying to steal third? Yes. Yes. I yes. mean, I don't know what he's doing. He's a veteran player. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. What, I mean, you're you're not the game tying run. The tying runs at the plate. You you don't really matter. The only thing you need to do is stay on base and, and score when if a base hit or a home runs hit. I don't know yeah. what third base doesn't mean anything to him and. You know, he's not the fastest guy out there, and what a throw by Pedro Severino to get him out. There were a couple terrific defensive plays. I can't remember the other one. Oh, Trey Turner throwing home. Uh, I can't remember which inning that was uh, where he gunned a guy out at the plate. There were a couple nice defensive plays. But yes, 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 Bobby. Back to the bullpen. I'm getting back on track. They looked good last night. They did. Um, You know, they have certainly come under fire. I think they might eventually Still need some help. I think Mike Rizzo might, you know, pick up a couple arms in midseason. It's a long ways away, but for right now, for last night, 
Brandon Kinsler starting to write the ship ERA down under eight. Amazing. Spectacular. Ryan Madsen, he's doing his thing. His ERA is down to uh, right around two. A.J. Cole settling into that long man. He did not perform well last night, but uh, hopefully, because uh, since he's out of options, he's going to need to find a role in the bullpen as that long man because it looks like, for the time being, Hellickson has the lock uh, on that fifth spot in the rotation. Yeah, much like uh, A.J. Cole is a starter, going to hold off on judgment um, for his long relief role, his first time relieving this year. So mm-hmm. let's give him a couple more outings under his belt. But back to Kinsler, I mean, all he had to do was come into the eighth inning at that point st- uh, protecting a um, just yeah. still a, a one-run lead and uh, get out Yoannes Espedes, Wilmer Flores, and Jay Bruce. <laughs> um, not yeah, the yeah. easiest uh, route to do it, but he was able to get uh, Cespedes to fly out to center, and then uh, Flores and Jay Bruce each ground out um, into the infield. So great job by Kinsler doing his job. He's coming around after kind of a slow start to the season. His last couple outings have been phenomenal. And then yeah. um, Ryan Matson comes in, strikes out Nimmo, Cabrera doubles, and then the base running blunder, and then he gets Conforto to fly out to end the game. Just magnificent stuff. And I, I like um, Davey Martinez staying away from Sean Doolittle for a third straight day. I think that's a yeah. good little key. Um, Dusty Baker never really did that either, but sometimes, you know, with um, the way bullpens are, are, are managed nowadays, I mean, that's that's kind of more of a postseason way of managing uh, the bullpen in terms of three days yeah. in a row. Dulo doesn't need to be pitching three days in a row. I like that you ha- kind of have – you have guys like Kinsler and Matson you can trust to close out the game when Dulo is not available. It really helps, and it's something they definitely did not have at this point last season. Uh, and they had to you know go and get several guys, those three guys, at the uh, at the deadline last year. It certainly helps to have uh, arms in the rotation – or arms in the bullpen, rather – uh, to back these guys up, but yeah, what a what a spectacular win last night, Bobby. I'm still relishing in it. It still feels good. The warm glow of it is getting me through this cold New York wintry, even though it's mid, uh, April. Um, mid April. We are mid April, and it's going to be cold again tonight. They had the windows closed in the press box last night. Let's hope it's the same way tonight. Otherwise, uh, heads will roll. <laughs> Winning off the field. Uh, also, the good news. Speaking of winning off the field, the new good yeah. news continued um, off the field last night yeah. with Davey Martinez's press conference closing out with good news for Victor Robles, who won't need surgery. He'll mm-hmm. They thought he might be out for a year. He's only going to miss a couple months with the possibility of maybe come back later this season, uh, which is good news. No tears or anything in, in his shoulder. Good, good to hear. Really good to hear. We knew at the beginning of the season we probably weren't going to see a whole lot of him because Mike Rizzo said all offseason Victor Robles will play every day, whether it's at the major league level or at the minor league level. And he started the season at the minor league level, so we assumed pretty much unless somebody were to get injured, Victor Robles was going to play every day at the minor league level. That being said, he still needs that time to develop. He's still not a complete project, so you need him to – uh, develop his game certainly a blow to see him go down and certainly a gross looking injury but it is good news that he's doing okay uh, doesn't need surgery and uh, you know it's not hopefully not as bad as it first appeared when you watched the video which uh, have you seen the video Bobby unfortunately uh, we had we talked about it last week I did see the video did not like it one bit I will not watch it again no no uh, zero out of ten would not watch again um, is my official rating that's that's the rating I give that video I would give it NC 17 for graphic yes content. yes not graphic graphic content for all Nats fans yeah uh, yeah definitely not a not a great video to watch but good news good news good news uh, also Bobby 
Uh, I don't know if we, I mean, we got plenty of Nats stuff. We can talk about Nats all day. I also have some, uh, we want to introduce a new segment to this, uh, to this Mass and All Access podcast. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Bring it on. Okay, so uh, I'm bringing in a little segment here. It's uh, based on a popular party game called Would You Rather. Uh, basically, just some simple scenarios. And Bobby, you're going to tell me which of these two options you would rather do. Some are baseball related, most are not, but all are ridiculous. Are you are you ready to hear some of these? I am. And you're answering these too, right? Not just me. I am. I'm going to give my opinion. Okay, I'm good. I'm going to give my opinion. But I tried to make it as even as possible, the two Would You Rathers. Even. Care. All right. Um, so, uh, let's start out with, uh, the fact that I am here in New York city. I came in through Penn station, took the train up from DC. Uh, so my question is, I, and you know, I had to, I, I got off the train, I had to use the bathroom, but I was like, look, it's the Penn station bathroom. I can't use that bathroom. Uh, so my question for you, Bobby, considering how gross that bathroom is, would you rather only use the Penn station bathroom for the rest of your life or only be able to go to games at RFK Stadium for the rest of your life. RFK. That's not even close. Really? Yeah. I'm a DC guy. Okay. But it's, it's, I, I, look, I've never been. I'll, I'll say it. I've heard it's a dump. Yeah. I mean, it's no, there's no Nationals Park. I mean, if that's what you're saying, for sure. It's, it's not going to be anything like the, uh, the new DC United Stadium, but yeah. RFK is a land, historic landmark in DC. Um, I, I saw one of uh, my first Nationals game at RFK. Growing up as a as a young fan um, in two thousand five, so that that's it's more of a historic context and, and it's a stadium. You know, you're going in there expecting the the bathrooms to be not really that pristine anyway. So uh, yeah. I'd rather go to a RFK stadium any day of the week. Fair enough. I have to actually see RFK stadium, but yes, the Penn Station bathroom is probably the seventh ring of hell. Are there that many rings of hell? I don't there even know. are there are yeah there are seven. Okay, you didn't I read Dante's Inferno. Yes. Uh, I, I hated every second of it. It was my senior year of high school and just could not get through it, Bobby. Could not. Classic uh, Jesuit book reading right there. Right? Right? We're, we're giving away our backgrounds here. People are going to you know, figure out that we're actually Jesuit educated. Uh, all right. So that one's answered. Uh, a few more. So um, I grew up a Philly fan, uh, unfortunately. Um, and the I don't know if you've seen, Bobby, if you've been to a Phillies game, the Philly fanatic has yes. this motorbike that he rides around. Mm, is it a, kind of like an ATV type thing? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's like a little four-wheeler. Um, pretty damn cute. But my question is, would you rather use that Fanatic's motorbike as the only means of transportation for the rest of your life or or have to wear one of the four president's heads every day for the rest of your life? Ooh. We're talking the president's race, Teddy, George, Abe, and... Jefferson, Tommy, yep, Tommy Thomas, J, the other one. Okay. Tommy J, that's a good one. Um, I like how both of those can be are great conversation starters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the bike. I think because okay, um, you know maybe get some attachments. You know, make kind of make it look like a little jeep, so to speak. You know, get, right? Like, the zip up windows or something. Right, um, it's a little dangerous. It, it is, is a little dangerous. Take that thing on the highway. And, you know, driving uh, to and from uh, from DC to Baltimore every day. Would be a little tough for me, but I I would think I can make it work. And then the okay. the heads, see the heads for me, like you know, that's gonna be annoying. And I I'm wouldn't it be able to have my job. I mean, how would I just sit in the press box with a, a giant head all day yeah, while tough. I'm watching the game? Yeah, I I don't think they would let me do that. Um, yeah. and then like you know, going out, I can't, I can't just walk into a bar with a giant head. They'd be like, what 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 are you, what are you doing? You can't do that. Right. 
Yeah. Well, first off, if you can get through the door, you know, right, that's exactly. the big thing. Yeah. And then, um, and then, you know, am I be too tall to stand in the room? Like, yeah. So right. I think the more practical reason, uh, choice would yeah. be the ATV. Class pictures would be a nightmare. I mean, think about getting bullied in, in grade school. Oh my God. I mean, you're, you're asking for it there, but you know, it's both are issues I think of convenience. You know, the Fanatic motorbike, if you want to get anywhere of long distance, First off, I don't even know if that thing takes gas. I mean, we don't even know the full extent of this. And my mom taught me, well, I am never riding on a motorbike in my life. I'm never riding on a motorcycle. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, Mama Mancano taught me, well, I don't know if I can uh, if I can go on a, a, a motorbike on the highway. Yeah. Uh, so I, I might have to go with the Fanatic's head just for the goofiness of it. Um, and, you know, I mean, the president's to, head president's head not the fanatic fanatic's head would be an interesting one too though yeah you know yeah i don't think mama um, blanca would like me on the bike either but you know yeah we'll see all right um all right uh, a few more here would you rather by the way so last night yours familia i think he walked in the winning run last night uh so yes, i have a little he so he is relevant so i brought him into this i have a little uh punnery here would you rather have a family dinner with yours familia or be waited on by matt weeders Ooh, uh, a little bit of a stretch for both familia family yeah wheat wait you know yeah but i i, I learned from can, you I, could, uh, can i have matt weeders uh serve me a wheat beer sure i was thinking a bowl of wheaties but yeah a wheat beer works uh, as well you can go to show where we differ in our, our line of thinking um yeah, alcoholic i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go matt weeders um, okay yeah because when i think of family gatherings I would like to celebrate my own family, you know. Mm. Um, don't want to don't want to impose on the the familia familia, if you so to speak. <laughs> what if what if you're bringing him to your family? What if the it's well, you said yours familia you said a familia. Well, if I, I would gladly bring yours familia to my family party, but okay. I don't know if I would want to crash his. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, Matt Weeders uh, waiting on me. Okay, I would feel bad for for Wheat making him do that. Um, he's such a nice guy. He's a swell but that's dude. That's why I think he'd be a great like. Sir, like oh he'd be terrific are yeah, you kidding the, me yeah he'd be so nice he'll have all the options laid out for you and you know like, he'd have, yeah he'd you have know all he the specials some, memorized right. i mean he would know everything he, he would pick your course like he picks pitches for max scherzer i mean he would, exactly. just, he would just be beautiful he be would delightful. you'd ask for the specials he'd just bend down and just you know put up some fingers in his crotch that yep, would be yeah, uh yep you want that's the, how i want my food served to me frankly right yeah it's got like your appetizer course and dessert you you know you, you want two three two you know something yeah like that yeah but just be careful if you you know if you order something he doesn't he's not a fan of he might pull you aside have a little quick mound visit like hey well, hey what we, are you doing well we get Why six you... we get six of them so that's okay this is true yeah yeah exactly all right uh so that's that one's decided uh this is a, a serious baseball one actually would you rather have a broken bat home run like the one last night or an inside the park home run Good question. I like that one. Um, I'm gonna. Go, I think Broken Bat is um, way it's a web less jam. likely. Okay. You know, yeah. it's way more rare. I I would say so. I, yep. If I would given the given the option, and I like to consider myself a little, I'll have hopefully have some speed uh, to do it inside the park uh, home run more often. So I'm gonna go Broken Bat. Okay. Flex okay. on him like Bryce did. Yeah. No, that was uh, that was so badass. Him flexing on him. Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty spectacular. It's a web gem. It's one of those things that's pretty rare, but inside the park home runs to me have always been like one of the coolest things. Uh, I mean, just the, the amount of luck that has to happen 
for it to, it has to be a huge park. You have to be fast in the first place. Uh, somebody has to make some kind of mistake well, along the way. So that's what, that's kind of why I'm choosing Broken Bat because inside the park home run, it's kind of mm-hmm. going on like someone else's mistake. Whereas right, the Broken okay. Bat home run, that's all you. You know, right, that's every exactly. that's all your power. That's all your skill. You're not yeah. you're not taking advantage of someone else's mistake or misfortune. No, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, that's a pretty uh, pretty good answer. I got one more for you, Bobby. One more. Wind up. Uh, this one's going back to the whole bathroom theme because all of my humor is bathroom related. Um, as we all know, we FP are Santin, adults. We are. Uh, as we all know, Bobby, uh, Bobby, well, Bob Carpenter. Hey, Bob. Uh, uh, hey, Bob. Has a terrific, terrific catchphrase. See you later. That's my Bob Carpenter impression. And FP Santangelo. Uh, has the and there goes the no hitter every time, you know uh, the the first national gets his hit in the game, right? Yes. So you know those two famous raises. Yep. Um, please don't play this for Bob or FP because that's uh, you know I don't want them to hear my impression. But would you rather hear the words "see you later" or and there goes the no hitter every time you use the bathroom? <laughs> Uh, I think see you later probably is more <laughs> applicable, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Um, they both could work though. They both you can work see, in certain you know? situations. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, and I'm going to see you later. Uh, okay. I think see you later will make me chuckle more than, uh, there goes a no hitter in that, in that instance. <laughs> so keep in mind, everybody around you can, so if you're using a public bathroom, it's, it's everybody in the bathroom is going to hear you stall door close and then see you later. That doesn't you bother know? me in the least bit. <laughs> I'm okay with that. You are shameless, Bobby Blanco. Um, I think there goes the no hitter is just kind of funny, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's just a little goofy. And to hear FP's a little bit high pitched, uh, voice saying that, um, both are, both are dramatic and, and, uh, would certainly lighten up any kind of bathroom trip that you're making, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think that's kind of a more of like there's not a that's not a would you I guess it is a would you rather that's more of like a personal <laughs> preference you know it's like it, there's no real bad choice right there I think they're no. both, they're both pretty funny. To be fair, I I already do this. I play them on my phone. Every time. <laughs> um, Use a little soundboard. You know. Yeah, exactly. If Carpenter? possible, I try to get one or two of them in the stall at the time. You know, in the bathroom at the time. Sure, sure. To say it live, uh, but that's a special treat. Um, yeah, Bobby, that, that's it for my Would You Rathers. Good segment, good segment. We're going to try to uh, incorporate a couple more of these fun segments at the end of each episode throughout the season. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, if you like it, if you think it's funny, or if you just like um, our podcast, please follow along the Mass and All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, and, and spread the word. Check out the blog yep. on and under Nationals Buzz. Orioles episodes are under Orioles Buzz on MassInSports.com. Um, it's gonna be a lot of follow fun. us both on Twitter. Yeah, at Bobby underscore Blanco for me, at Paul Mancano um, for Paul on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Um, yeah. I'm gonna keep an eye. Got- on, I'm keeping an eye on Twitter tonight, Paul. Um, it's it's a big night in DC sports. <laughs> the, the the Nationals are continuing their series against the Mets. Caps um, are gonna get swept. Hey, 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 hey. No, see, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm good. Like we just said last night was all about good vibes. I'm good, good vibes, vibes only. only. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the, the Nationals. The Capitals are playing tonight. The Wizards are well uh, as well. If you're a yeah. baseball guy, check out the Nets extra pregame show coverage. Starts at 6:30 p.m. tonight on Masson. First yeah, pitch. And also, sorry, so first oh. pitch at 7:10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also check out our coverage. Sarah Perlman, Olivia Witherite, and I are all here from Nats Park. So hoping to do some pregame videos. Maybe talk to Bob or FP 
before the kind of a pre pregame show, a little O's extra pre pregame. Nats. Try to do some stuff last night. Also, after that win, we took your questions on Instagram Live. So hopefully, if they can win, we'll we'll probably be back on the cold field to do that as well. Uh, and in terms of the podcast, hoping to have Jamal Collier of um, MLB.com, Nationals.com uh, on the podcast, uh, hopefully next week. Yeah. Um, got a, one of several guests lined up for our awesome podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure you follow along Mass on All Access while they're at City Field, as Paul said, at Mass and Nationals, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Turn on those push notifications so you know when they go live. <laughs> uh, Paul and Sarah did a really cool segment post game, like he said, um, on the field from City Field. Last night after the win, some um, people insulted what I was wearing, but you know, uh, I think you Sarah, good. thank you. Somebody thought Sarah was wearing a trash bag, and she suggested in seriousness that we wear trash bags to City Field tonight. So you, you may see one or both of us in a trash. I'm just saying, I you don't know, Bob. Uh, I'm I don't know. You won't. Uh, That's called a tease. Gio Gonzalez takes on Zach Wheeler tonight at City Field. Make sure you give them a follow and, and check out all the action tonight on Mass. And Paul, thanks for joining me on um, on the phone. And uh, yeah. um, we'll, we'll catch you later. We'll look out for you later today um, from from the game. Sounds good, Bobby. Thanks for uh, skyping me in. For Paul Mancano, this is Bobby Blanco and the Mass on All Access podcast. We'll see you later. <laughs>